Welcome to Buy It's Cover, one marriage's journey through movie night using only the covers of films they find on streaming services. I am 50% of your talented hosts, Kevin. And I'm the other 50% of our talented hosts. Making 100% amazingness, Kevin and Bree. Here we are. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> oh, man, did we pay for that Foley artist right there? Just... <laughs> no, I just have skills. I'll just don- donate them to the cause. You'll just donate them to the... Yeah, that's great, because you can't charge us. We make zero dollars. <laughs> um, okay, so we are back with another movie. Uh, we are. We, we waffled between this and, like, three other titles and went with this. Uh, there's nothing stopping us from doing the other three. So who knows? That might happen. <laughs> this was an unnecessary fact we gave you about, like, if you remember some inside baseball on how we choose movies, <laughs> this is how. We look at it and we go, eh. And then we send each... What it is, is like it's a weird negotiation tactic, I feel like, that we have, where... You'll send me one, and we all know I'm never going to go with the first one you send me. I don't care what movie it is. And I'm like, not that one. How about this one? And then we just do counter offers. It's almost like trading kind of trading baseball cards, almost. It is. It is exactly how I trade baseball cards, because I have no idea about baseball. So I'm just like, I don't know who this guy is. You want him? All right, give me this one. This one. This guy looks like he swings harder than the other I one. like this one, because he's smiling. Yeah, he's got a fun mustache. <laughs> So we we literally know nothing about the movie other than the cover, which is yeah. very, very accurate for baseball cards. So yep. way to go, Bree. Um, okay, so I am going to share my screen for those of you that are on uh, watching this on YouTube. You can see what we're talking about. Um, Ignore any of the weird porn she also has up on her tabs. I don't have any porn on my tabs. Uh, I am smart and clear that kind of stuff out first. It's also uh, you're a, you're a, you're a woman, so you like the word porn. Um, <laughs> so we would just read like a like a Nora Roberts novel. Uh, it can be both, Kevin. Don't yeah. you put me in a box? <laughs> I like how you're like I like a visual medium, and then one that has made me read like the theater <laughs> of the mind and the visuals at the same time. So we are watching a movie that you chose uh, called Ten Minutes to Midnight, Kevin. Yes, would you like to describe the cover? Ooh, first of all, wait, before you get into it. Okay. There are a couple things about this cover that totally tick our boxes, which are, uh, it has two taglines and it, the creators have multiple roles. And it looks like there's two sets of families involved. I don't know their relationship dynamics, but they there's several people with the last name Bloomquist and several people with the last name Woodward. So uh, I'm looking forward to discussing that. But I'll let you go ahead and describe this cover. Okay, so we get kind of this old 80s uh, horror movie vibe to this cover. It's kind of that faux painted look mm-hmm. that you get from like a Friday the 13th. Um, let's see. Let's. Where do I want to start? I'm going to start. The background is a, a lightning storm, and it's clearly a broadcast studio, like a TV studio mm-hmm. or a radio studio. Uh, overlaid with that is a woman with uh, vampire fangs. So this is going to be a vampire movie. The tagline above that is late night bites. Um, there's bats. 
there's mm-hmm. lightning bolts. It's uh, got the color scheme, that, that vaguely neon 80s color scheme. That's actually kind of popular right now, I've noticed, in yeah. horror movie covers. I, I mean, I, I almost wonder, it's like this weird, um, I shouldn't even say weird because I love it. I love mm-hmm. the, the the look of it. But it's this, it's this way of like acknowledging, I think that there's going to be some 80s cheese added to this movie. Um, like a dusting, like a Cheeto dusting of uh, <laughs> Except the... that the colors are blue and purple. <laughs> what colors che- did I say? You said Cheeto, which makes me think orange. Oh, I was like, no, I said neon. <laughs> but yeah, dude, Cheetos, uh, holler at me. I would eat some blue Cheetos for some reason. Oh, yeah, I'm why... intrigued by that. There, there. It's clearly artificial cheese. There's no reason why they have to be yellow. It's just somebody's like, oh, I won't eat no processed orange, and it's not processed orange. Yeah. How do you no. blue Cheeto? I need a, I need a goddamn pink purple Cheeto. Okay. Well, I, I mean, as long as it saying, still tastes. This like is a Cheeto. hill I will die on that nobody else has been like you need to. <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right. Then we have uh, dead center. We have. Uh, a scream queen. I'm gonna almost. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call it now. I'm doing a little bit of describing. She's blonde. She's uh, wearing uh, some costume jewelry. She looks like she has some sort of kind of different costume on. She's our scream queen for the night. I'm gonna guess she's gonna be like the late night Elvira uh, of this of this of this show. You don't think she's gonna be the bad guy? No, I don't think she's gonna be the bad guy. I think she's gonna be. Uh, she's like in charge of everything or she's the the main star of it uh on her what would that be her right our left we have uh i'm gonna assume a cameraman and yes. he looks like a roadie for the grateful dead he's wearing the cutoff shirt uh headband got the slick got the back. chops and the slick back hair uh i'm gonna assume to slick. his left is a is the producer of it all yeah with the comb over. Yeah. He older. looks sleazy. Yeah, he does. He, he looks look like uh, Jason Schwartz. If Jason Schwartz grew up a little bit. Okay. Like he was old Jason Schwartz. Uh, <laughs> I off mean, the, age happens, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm painting a picture for this visual medium, Bree. I'm sorry. <laughs> off of her right, there is, I'm going to assume, is the actual like one that does all the work. Um, yes. She's uh, she's wearing a choker, and she's got a headset on. So I'm going to assume she is the the take no shit person that actually does all the work. She has to deal with the woman being a diva and the sleazy producer and the the stoner cameraman. I'm already pay- pay- and then we have a security guard who is sharpening a knife into what looks like a wooden stake. He's sharpening a piece of wood using a knife into a wooden yeah, stake. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sharpening a steak knife uh, is what I said. Uh, but he's got a polo that says security. So I'm not trusting him to be that good of a security guard. No. <laughs> um, we have a clock that's in the middle that is broken. It's an older looking clock. Um, so maybe again, maybe this is going to be set in the 80s. And it uh, says 10 minutes to midnight. Imagine that. And the clock has stopped at 10 minutes to midnight. Yep. And it's cracked. So. Yep, it's broken. The we get that kind of Times New Romany font, all in caps, and then under that is that slasher blood font that's got a kind of a glow behind it. And then we get the second tagline: "There's never been a night like this one." And is this not rated? Oh my gosh, this is not rated. Yay! So this will either uh, 
this went directly to to the streaming services. Yeah, no doubt. This didn't go <laughs> anywhere uh, theatrically. Like this was this was not submitted to the MPAA. Uh, <laughs> is what that tells me. So either uh, either that means it's going to be real bad and it's going to be schlocky and. I don't know. What's your bet? Do you think this one is going to be like surprisingly chased? Like the not rated is just because they didn't submit it? Or do you think it's going to be so grotesque that they're like, we submitted it and they sent it back. So we just decided to submit it, not rated. I I guess I don't know enough about the MPAA ratings to, to really talk about that. But I think that uh, it's going to be... Uh, at a radio station, obviously, because there's the on the on the uh, tower that you described earlier. There's actually a radio code uh, WLST uh, is the radio code, and uh, I think it's going to be they're all um, part of the Late Show, uh, and we're going to have somebody that's uh, talking on the radio that's got like that deep radio voice and perhaps in the middle of this storm the power goes out and then they get invaded by vampires and they're the whole point is them trying to survive until i don't know why midnight because usually it's when maybe it feels like you got a whole lot of a whole lot of night still after midnight yeah i mean usually it's vampire things it's sunrise so it makes me wonder if the whole thing starts at 10 minutes to midnight or if we're totally wrong and it's like a vampire witch thing and um, the midnight is when the witches don't, they lose their power for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. They got fangs. Not a lot of witches with fangs. Well, they could be both. I mean, but, witches love fangs, but. But I want to point out we've got, um, We've got uh, Chris Woodward, who is a producer. And then we've got um, Emily Woodward, who's also a producer. But then we've got uh, another produced by Eric Bloomquist. And he also, I think, is the director and writer, along with Carson Bloomquist. So Eric's got his name on here three different times. Um, and there's not a single name on here that I recognize. So I'm looking forward to, uh, not knowing anyone. Usually there's a character actor of some, some thing that I've seen before. Uh, but this will be a clean slate. Uh, I, I really, really hope this is better than the Neon Dead, uh, because this is very uh, similar in how exciting the cover is and the fact that I don't know anybody in it. Um, I love that you already threw me under the bus by being like, this is your movie. Uh, you've yeah. firmly attached this to me, even though I remember <laughs> sending it to you and you're like, yes. <laughs> so um, I think they're going to be held up in a radio station trying to survive the night. What, what do you think? I'm going to go late night TV studio. They're showing horror movies. Oh, interesting. And uh, this mysterious person bursts in and it's the vampire. It's a vampire, vampirist. I don't know. Vampirist. feels sexist to be like female vampires, vampirists. Uh, they, they're all vampires. They just happen to be <laughs> female. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's a vampirist. All right. Like 
they're ancient undead. They conform to specific gender roles uh, from the old country. Anyways, she's going to burst in and everyone's going to not take it seriously, but she's going to eat people. And she's going to have a horde of vampire bats that are actually vampires. And they're going to get trapped in the broadcast studio and have to fight their way out. I want this to be a Fright Night. Okay. But also Banana Splits. I loved Banana Split. Yeah, I want I want those move, two movies to meet up and make <laughs> sweet, sweet love and have this be good. Um, and I, I noticed I went from meet up, hand banging, to now praying this movie is good. Um, I think it's going to be uh, the vampire saw this and either saw Easy Meal or she, maybe she's like, I want to come out of the shadows. And so she takes oh. over the late night broadcast and like wants everyone to know vampires are real and they're coming for you, man. Interesting. So yeah. this is going to be like a reveal situation. Yeah. I think a vampire reveal party is less terrifying <laughs> than a gender reveal party. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> oh, you're blood sucking on dead? Oh, well, welcome to capitalism. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, is there anything else that you want to guess about this movie? I want uh, I want a scene where a person gets their head ripped off, but like halfway through the tearing, it becomes very clear that it's just like a bad latex mask. Well, um, you will probably get that. <laughs> also, I don't know why that it just this movie would be more bona fide if somebody hung dong in it. It's not that I want to see it. I just, if you're going to go with the not rated, like, what are you doing? Hang a dong. Full fronts. All right. It's going to be the pervy producer guy that's like sexually assaulting someone. Thanks. No, you don't have to make him be like a Harvey Weinstein of like Akron, Ohio's news (laughs) station. That doesn't need to happen. (laughs) Do you think this is going to be set in the Midwest? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be set somewhere isolated. I mean, it's going to be clear that it's like not good production. It's not going to be like a (laughs) well done place. Like this is going to be clearly uh, a a Z market studio. Okay. So yeah. Any other thoughts or predictions? Any other hopes? How do you hope somebody gets killed? Mm, I hope that when the vampire gets stabbed, there's just like blood gushing everywhere instead of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer disintegration. Oh, this looks like it's totally going to have the after effects like stab turned to ash. Uh, it's yeah. going to look like they did they bought the like $5 Avengers dusting Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I want I want shitty puns when they kill a vampire. <gasps> yes. You know I'm I want them to stab puns. one with a wooden stake and be like stake that. <laughs> and then it bursts into flames, and I'm like, I guess they preferred their steak. Well done. <laughs> I, want, uh, you- I want them at one point to to stab one and go suck wood. <laughs> I uh, my biggest hope is only that it's better than the Neon Dead. Do you not think somebody's going to get their their life saved by a salt and vinegar chip? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Is Maybe this an interesting question? Garlic uh, pasta? <laughs> how much garlic needs to be on something to kill a vampire? I think it's more of a repellent, not a 
Okay. So could like I smack one with a loaf of garlic bread? I think it would, would be like work? an ir- irritation, not a. It's not like their face is gonna melt what or if, anything. What if I made a cross with garlic bread? Well, crosses make them burn. Could I throw garlic knots at a vampire? <laughs> Are you gonna go order Domino's now? <laughs> Like I I wasn't going to. Okay. Could a priest bless garlic butter? Okay. And turn it into garlic butter holy water. And then it's like double vampire. Butter is a solid state. Girl, you can melt butter. Yeah, but that's still not holy water. I mean, man, where do you draw the line? Technically, the human body is like 70% water. Could he bless, could a priest bless your bladder and you could pee a vampire to death? <laughs> These are the questions I ask. Um, I don't know if that question has ever been asked in the world and I... I feel like we're better for it having been voiced. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think I know why vampires don't make themselves more apparent. As they're like, dude, do you hear about Chuck? He got pissed to death. I gotta say, though, like, if you really think about it, that would be great for dudes hunting vampires. But ladies, like, that's not, it's not convenient for for ladies to, you have to get them lady, like, chasing a, a vampire down, like rat bunny hopping towards him with her pants off. <laughs> come here, Dracula, I'm gonna pee on you. <laughs> I mean, you'd really have to get them in like a prone position. And Do then you think R. Kelly would be like, let me out of jail. This is my time to shine. <laughs> no, Kevin, that's so bad. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to continue on with this conversation. So, uh, how about we go watch a movie? Yeah, that's probably for the best. <laughs> okay, let's go watch a movie. <laughs> and we are back having just watched 10 Minutes to Midnight. You remembered the title. I did. I did. I tried to blank it out forever from the uh, the warehouse that is my mind. The unkempt warehouse. Like, not a like an Amazon one where robots scurry around and people are exploited. Um, <laughs> but, like, one that, uh, like, a Scooby-Doo villain would camp out in. It's really <laughs> what my warehouse of the mind is. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, ten minutes to midnight. Let's, uh... Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. Uh, what did you snack on when we watched this? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I really need to start writing these things down because, um, I I mean, there's not much in the house that I could have snacked on. Maybe I had a cheese stick. I'll just assume I had a cheese stick. We had kind bars. Oh, we okay. Were trying to be kind to ourselves. <laughs> We had okay. so many kind bars. It really defeats the purpose if we're like, hey, we're not having a candy bar. Let's have four kind bars. I mean, 
they shouldn't be so nice, then we wouldn't want them. They're kind to my tummy tum. Yep. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by Kind Bars and not Amazon, which I already pooped on. Um, <laughs> That's so okay. T- the last episode I said Jeff Bezos was a cannibal, so. <laughs> and with... Uh, Amazon Fresh, you can get all your human parts delivered to you discreetly <laughs> to your door. You just have to enter the right promo code. And <laughs> you can even cannibalize the delivery person. Jeff Bezos already has. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what's this? I'm just breaking news. We just got a cease and desist. <laughs> Uh, comedy <laughs> so yeah everything if i say lol at the end of it i can i can call a billionaire a dickhead just LOL. joking <laughs> uh all right are 10 we minutes av- to midnight are we i feel like we're dancing around i feel like we're avoiding talking about 10 minutes to midnight. all right uh i'm a real talk with you audience folk um it, this movie is almost impossible to do like a plot summary of because really it's like one sentence of plot. Uh, a aging radio DJ hosts a show called 10 Minutes to Midnight. She gets bit by a vampire and or a rabid bat. Yeah. And then it's her last night at work as she is either slowly becoming the undead or losing her mind's mind to the world's most fast acting ca- case of rabies. Yes. <laughs> and that that's the movie. Like and I want you folks to understand that one sentence summary makes it sound like it might be an amazing movie. <laughs> like <laughs> if you told me I'm like, "Hey, this movie is going to be a real like psychological thriller of is this a case of the supernatural or just terrifying reality?" I'd be like, yeah, I'm on board. Like, if this was an A24, like, methodical movie, maybe. You and your blowies for A24. Dude, uh, I, I'll i give hand jibbers uh, to Hereditary and Midsummer and uh, the, the Vivich. No. I don't I even mean- know if The Witch is an A24 movie. But I, just, oh, give me, give me art house horror all day, every day. I, Until you don't, because uh, Seder, was, I was like, mm, no, don't do this. It was it was almost there. Um, but what I was going to say is if we're going to be talking about a horror um, production company, I'm going to have to go with Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse is good. I mean, yeah, there um, we are in this crazy renaissance of horror movies that I love, love. <laughs> um, so much like not since like Carpenter in the 70s where you like oh my god somebody is doing some crazy shit with this genre um yeah 10 minutes to midnight seems like it would be that kind of movie for me um yeah. like I really I really wanted it to be there and I I, I think there's legitimately some cool stuff in there uh like Agreed. but there's a lot of stuff that you're also like huh why why do we do that uh, or you they missed some some beats it almost felt uh a little bit like David Lynchian in some spots in the fact that, you know, at almost 10 minutes till the movie ends, they all switch characters and she starts reliving the night. Yeah. And I'm going. And and we're not saying they switch characters like they become new characters. It's just like they take actor A and make them play character B. Yeah. But none of the people acknowledge that. 
same Inclu- same outfits, yeah. same dialogue, including the we were right the older dude in the in the cover was a smarmy producer we kind of nailed every character (laughs) honestly (laughs) when we did it we're like this is who this is gonna yeah um i also want to point out this movie if this is a weird deep cut for nick cage but he did a movie in the 80s um i'm trying to google its name really fear or fastly fast and furious in which he um is a like a yuppie that is convinced he got bit by a vampire Oh. And uh Oh it, yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not once bitten. Once bitten was with Jim Carrey and Right. Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, Nick I, I I wanted to say it's Kiss of the Vampire, but I don't Yeah, think it I is. think it I think it might be. Um they it was very interesting though. Um Do you ever I Google would've... Nicolas Cage movies and you're like, "Oh, this will narrow it down." And then you realize he's been in Infinity <laughs> movies. And now a recently a movie where he plays himself. <laughs> that has never gone poorly for an actor. Uh, look at when Jean-Claude Van Damme did it. Look at when Dennis Rodman did it. Being John Malkovich. Actually, I'm pretty sure Dennis Rodman never played himself. I'm just remembering the plot of the movie Simon Says starring Dennis Rodman. Oh. And Dane Cook. I don't remember that movie at It was Triple X before Triple X. Oh. Yeah. I, okay. I liked triple x i never saw any of the other ones though okay i'm gonna have to i'm gonna be doing some scrolling so you 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 talk about nicky cage um do you want me to talk about nick cage specifically or can i talk about vampire's kiss you took too long all right uh we were really close though kiss of the vampire i think is a movie i like i googled and stuff popped up uh vampire's kiss yeah and i remember because like there's a scene where he like basically like assaults a lady uh, and he's got like plastic vampire fangs on. <laughs> the fangs in this were a little bit better than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know what to, to really like dive into the plot of this. It's the radio the DJ. Radio DJ. She's being replaced by a a newer model, basically. Yeah. Um, and she kind of you know loses her mind about it because she's not told she's losing her job until that night it's supposed to be her final like send-off performance and they make a big deal of like we got you a red velvet cake <laughs> just like did, did you guys get like a, a generic bakery to do product placement with you they're like this will drive safeway uh, ready to go red velvet cakes out the window maybe it's because red velvet's blood colored yeah but like do devil's food if you're gonna go supernatural there's more evil cakes is what i'm saying than red velvet now i want a red velvet cupcake (laughs) (laughs) i'm like shit 10 minutes to midnight most effective product placement we've ever seen um Um, uh, not since uh another wolf cop have i been like i dude i do want a chicken milk or what is it oh uh yeah is it chicken milk i think it's the name of the beer yeah, it's something weird. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I'd drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Smith? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> um, I okay. So the radio DJ's name in the in the show is Amy Marlowe. I uh, and I think it's actually kind of funny that she's getting replaced by a newer model because she's a radio voice. Like yeah. you can't 
see her? Uh, the audience knows if your boobs ain't perky no more. <laughs> they can hear non-perky boobies. I mean, she has aged well. She was a screen queen. Yeah. Um. So she, yeah, I mean, I didn't recognize her, but I, of course, looked up her filmography and um, she's, I mean, she's known. She's done movies. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was her, like, was like the one she's known for. Yeah, um, so, um, but the thing is, is once again, if you're a radio DJ, you, people don't see you. I, I wish the movie would have spent a little bit more time establishing her as a character. Mm-hmm. You know, like if she was burned out or burning out, I'd love to have seen that. Um, they kind of implied that her viewership shrank, but like one of the things they make a comment as like, oh, my mom loved you. And I know it's like they're trying to imply that there's a shifting demographic, but I'm like, I don't know if she's got a major market and she's been doing that show for like 30 years. Yeah. And I'm like, if everyone that I know that works in radio, if they get like three years at a radio station, they're like, I'm an old hand at this. Yeah. Just because you move markets. That's what happens. So she's been doing it for 30 years. She probably has a very dedicated fan base. Absolutely. I so there was uh, I think my favorite part of this movie uh, was why it's titled 10 Minutes to, to Midnight. Do you remember why? Yeah, it was the name of her show. So it's the name of her show, but I actually really appreciated why she named it that. Um, she said that so many, that all shows start at the top of the hour. And that midnight transition from from the 11, or from the 11 o'clock hour to the 12 o'clock hour, she wanted to be there for those people that were transitioning through that hour because it's a tough hour. So that's why she always starts 10 minutes to midnight. Which I think they thought was going to be a very poignant, like, are we seeing a woman transition from life to death? (laughs) And I was like, no, you guys didn't, like, there's no, there's nothing that clearly parallels it. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else is there to chat about with this movie I, <laughs> okay. there's not a ton of of special effects work i mean there's a at one point she does attack and bite her replacement mm-hmm. um and then she like slowly hallucinates that her replacement is going or is dead or dying or rotting mm-hmm. and is a corpse and is also becoming a vampire yes um which again this movie I feel like leaned. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, this is supernatural or like, cause I felt the whole time I was like, Oh, it's going to be just rabies. See, I, I thought it was all just going to be in her mind. Like she was just having a psychotic break or something because what was interesting to me is Amy got bit by the bat. And then later she bit, um, let me tell you what her name was. I, uh, I could, could stall here. You could, you could, you could have tossed it to me. She, Sienna, she, she, Sienna, she bites Sienna. Okay, she bites Sienna, and um, Sienna turns faster than she did. And I'm like, no, that. I mean, that threw off my logic because, and gets all rotty. Yeah, I mean, the transition between human to vampire was totally different for either of them and I'm going that doesn't make any sense so I I felt like it was all in her mind and then there's this scene at the end where she has to like go into a coffin and I 
I feel like they were trying to twist our minds a little bit and it just there wasn't the right there weren't the right transitions for that to happen for me I just ended up being very confused yeah and then they end it with the morning guy coming in and opening the door and he's like wow it must have been a crazy party your cars are still here he opens the door and everyone's dead so then you have to go well was she was she a vampire did she like yeah or did she have rabies and just she went uh there was no Atticus Finch to put her down um Shout out to To Kill a Mockingbird. Did you just shake your head? Have you never read To Kill a Mockingbird? No. I'm sorry. We're stopping this podcast. <laughs> and uh, we're taking Brie back to sophomore English. Um, <laughs> Going to really have to take a tour through. What I, did you read? <laughs> I, I actually always thought, I mean, obviously I know it now, but when I was growing up, I always thought it was Tequila Mockingbird. So, like, the alcohol. Well, that's because you grew up with a family of alcoholics. Um, no, I did not. <laughs> hey, babe, your mom calls Mondays Margarita Days. Um, no, she doesn't. She says it every text. Um, <laughs> every Monday at 8 a.m., she's like, thank God Applebee's is open. It's Margarita Day. She doesn't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't put down the margaritas to actually text her family. You shout are... out to to my, my new mom. <laughs> Some of what I said might be true. Nobody ever knows. Uh, I'm gonna get a call from her and be like, "What the no, shit was that all about?" What it's gonna be is gonna be like a ten comment Twitter thread where somebody's like, "Why do you lie on this?" And I'm like, "Because I have no incentive to to tell the truth." Um, are you going to fact check us? <laughs> yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I once again feel like we're trying to not talk about this movie. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to talk about with it. Um, I mean, it's it. It tries to be very psychological. Um, it is just. It's weird. Mm -hmm. And so, sometimes it's charming. Sometimes it's charming in the weirdness. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it is confusing because. There's certain characters that I'm like, wait, what's their relationship? Um, there's a weird line where, like, uh, so Amy and Sienna have this, like, Amy's mad because she feels like the producer is using Sienna. And then there's, like, a moment where Sienna's like, no, I'm using him to get what I want. Yeah. And you're like, wait, there could have been this, like, workplace predatory, like, if you're doing this, like, commentary on predator relationships like point out that he's a scumbag and it's predatory but they never treat him like he's a bad guy in it's this weird like, though because they took the time to do a flashback of when amy was younger and he was yeah. younger and how they were like kind of in love what's funny is they de-age him but not amy yeah like they they get a they cast a younger actor to play him but amy like it, it's supposed to be that she's in her memories but right and yeah, and it's like Sienna basically calls her stupid. She's like, "Oh, you actually had sex with him? Like, yeah, you didn't have to do that." <laughs> and I was like, "That's terrible!" Like you're like, "Oh no, I exploited this guy." I like, and I don't even want to make it sound like she didn't exploit. It's so very weird. Where she's like, "I'm manipulating him." Yeah, you actually followed through on it. That's you're the dumb one, girl. Get with the times. You're like, that's a terrible message. <laughs> 
you um I do in this podcast like talk yourself into a stance and you're like I'm now the more I explain my stance the more awful a person I sound like I'm being (laughs) trying to defend my way out of this whole you're like oh what happens every episode it feels like for me this is gonna come back and bite me later (laughs) isolating this clip uh is in no way gonna impact me negatively in the future so women manipulate uh exploit really just take advantage of those poor managerial types that they just they're so lonely so just bang them for a promotion see what happens oh my gosh Kevin! too far (laughs) lol if i say lol at the end of anything you can't use it against me just joking yeah (laughs) i just need Um, to sound like a little ding just joking the more you know (laughs) uh okay so this was a pretty small cast um there was a security guard that right off the bat um bat (laughs) was whittling a steak um oh why that's such a Chekhov's gun thing that never has a payoff right uh however i do want to state that he the actual actor passed away in real life from cancer so that's super sad yeah that is um and i honestly thought he was the most fun (laughs) but okay that's where we were wrong he wasn't creepy uh, yeah, no. He was he was helpful and, kind, and like overly cheerful. Yeah, and very explanatory. <laughs> oh yeah, he he was your info dump for thing. Like that's where I was like, oh, is this supposed to be rabies? Because he like is like, oh, are you suffering from these symptoms of rabies? And he like has them memorized. Also, who the fuck whittles a steak at work? Yeah, just if if I walked into any place and a guy was like, I'm making a steak. I'd walk right out. I'd be like, you're not whittling like a toy boat or like a, a little pull chain ducky to give to some orphans. You're making a steak. Like you're, you have a thing to stab someone. So you're making it, using it to make another thing to stab someone. What a are very, you doing? A very specific type yeah. of someone. Well, the only thing I could think of is he was like, yeah, there's fucking bats out there, man. I'm going to stake me a bat. <laughs> Well, and this whole thing is set during like a pretty major weather event. Mm-hmm. And so they're all locked in together because that's the studio protocol if there's emergent weather outside, which they say, oh, well, the there's a tree down on the road out of here. So you couldn't get out even if you wanted to kind of thing. But I just stop futzing with your coffee cup. <laughs> I'm a thirsty boy. <laughs> I am totally going to just cut that part right there and Don't just put it on it re- <laughs> No, I mean, put it on repeat on a reel on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I just I'm want the Thirsty thirst- Boy remix. I'm a thirsty boy. <laughs> wicka, wicka, wicka. They honey. <laughs> they thirsty <honey>. boy. <laughs> I am uh, so we sad that we... People that uh we didn't video record that episode obviously we didn't because that was before we had the capabilities to do it uh but that is one of my favorite quotes that i've said in this whole and if you want to go listen to the context i think it was the dark and the wicked episode and at the very end we're outroing and i'm like honey. yeah and <laughs> or you don't even have to because she just did it now you could just stay on this episode um give me that <laughs> full listen analytics um or better yet steal another phone 
listen to the dark and the wicked at the same time you're listening to this one um <laughs> but actually bringing up the dark and the wicked is a great example of like that's a way to do psychological horror very well absolutely um, and build i think that's the thing is this movie never gave me a sense of dread with anything that was happening gave me a sense of confusion um yeah which is not a bad thing to have in movies like i i'm i'm totally fine going like huh what is this until the very end and it clicks uh, right. i'm fine with that but this movie just kind of I like i felt the confusion i just wish it would have done something to make me feel like this is scary like yeah. since she never had i mean even if you're building to this like her impending death she never seems to have any realization that something bad is happening to her. Yeah. Um, She's our point of view character that we just see confused the whole time. And honestly, like it made me a little more sad than anything else. Yeah. Uh, Also, let's talk about the fact that, you know, she's been doing this for 30 years. So she's probably close to retirement anyways. So why wouldn't you sit down and have that conversation with her about, hey, you know, what's your timeline? And it, I I mean, it wouldn't make for a movie, but like realistically, you're going to you're <laughs> going to have that conversation with the owner and you're going to work on the transition. The fact that he just slapped her upside the head with Sienna the night that she I mean, he gave her no warning, like literally she came in for work and apparently it was her last shift and she had absolutely no idea how pissed would you be if they're like hey by the way you're retiring tonight here's a cake and they hadn't told you yeah I mean that's not really a thing I mean I would have loved to have been surprised with cake (laughs) even if they were like hey Kevin you're retiring I'd be like is there cake (laughs) so I mean honestly the the motivating factor just that in and of itself i had a hard time that's not how my brain works yeah my brain's gonna sit on the okay well that didn't that doesn't make any logical sense it's it's a setup for a movie it's not a setup for here is a slice of life before right so i said like if they would have showed her like slowly getting worse at her or not slowly getting worse but like being worse at her job or mm-hmm. like the radio show was failing in ratings or something like that mm-hmm. like it would have at least established why this is happening it's right. the equivalent of like having a guy sharpen a steak in the opening scenes of a movie and that never coming back up right i am so mad that you brought that up i completely forgot that like this <laughs> movie loads cox Chekhov's gun and it comes up twice because they redo the opening. Yeah. With a different character. And it never happens. <laughs> oh my God. This movie blue balled me. It it Chekhov's blue balled me. Yeah. I I am I'm speechlessly furious now. So I'm spicurious. A cabin. Um I I actually am more disappointed about this movie and how it went because the cover was so fun. Um, I'm not sure I would change anything about the cover. Man, that cover is going to trick a lot of people into watching it. I mean, that's that's the only thing is like I would maybe mute the colors and let it not be as fantastic. I mean, it's a stellar cover, which is why we chose this movie. And it was very much, it wasn't as bad as the Neon Dead, but the the cover... Different movie. 
cover to movie ratio of goodness is definitely far apart. This is that this is that comic book that promises you like Silver Surfer is gonna fight Venom. Mm-hmm. And then like it's just them talking the yeah. whole time. You I mean um, you've I think you've already used that reference. I have. This is what it is. This movie is that perfect example. It's just that comic book, like not delivering what's on the cover movie. Um, I th- I think this is one of those ones. If you would have given me a di- slightly different cover, um, that did because I thought I was gonna get like horror comedy slash like vampire creature feature, yeah. and instead I get kind of this psychological horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think changing that cover, changing those expectations just a little bit would have made for a more enjoyable experience for me. Yeah. Um, I think I just, I I think because we spend so much time looking at covers, mm-hmm. um, it really does just drive our like, wow, this does set up uh what do I think this movie is going to be thing. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know what I would have changed on this cover. I think I would have done the clock, like a focus on the clock being at 1150. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a digital clock in the studio and I would have done, um, uh, I would have done maybe the, like the headset mm-hmm. and the microphone setup, uh, being able to see that clock, and then uh, maybe like a pool of blood mm. under the under it or something. But have done like a tagline, like her last shift is uh, going to be a killer or something like that. <laughs> I, I mean, like that. yeah, uh, her last or her last show is killer. Something oh, that's like that. good. Yeah. Um, but even then, that implies, like, again, like, that implies some level of, like, there's going to be a slasher. I, but, so I just don't know, uh, especially since this movie, it's unclear what the body count actually is in this. Right. Um, yeah, we don't get a definition at the end. Yeah, well, I mean, like, we kind of find out that people died. But, I, like, even then, I'm like, I don't know. It's such a quick scene and throwaway where the guy's like opens the door. There's blood in my bodies, and he just runs away. And we're like, I don't know. It would have been different if we would have seen like they, they did get bit by vampires or their right. throats were torn out. I like, I'm like, I don't know. Did she come back with a gun? Uh, yeah. Like, did we just see workplace violence um, <laughs> for two hours? We. Uh, it's definitely an ambiguous open ending, which you know how I feel about those. I don't love them. <laughs> Well, I feel like there's a definite ending. I mean, this isn't like, does no. the top stop spinning in Inception? It, But it's just... But what I'm saying is that it's ambiguous how, like, how it concludes <laughs> yeah, murder-wise. In, inconclusive ending. <laughs> is that the way? Like, yeah, you got like a hung jury ending. Um, yeah. They're like, we don't know. Maybe. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you recommend this, Brie? Um... I would say go look at the cover, dream about it and how cool it could be, and then don't watch this movie. You know, go watch Fright Night. Ooh, yeah. The new Either one the original or the new one. Um, yeah. They're both enjoyable in their own, own right. I think that's it. I wanted Fright Night. I, we were completely wrong about the Elvira thing. Yeah. Uh, I knew you would be. Yeah, I because never is a movie going to be the movie that I write in my head because yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether that's just telling me all my ideas are dumb or I'm just more genius than Hollywood. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Write a script and find out. Little column A, little column B potentially. 
but did you, uh, like that, did you like that challenge I gave you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I saw it. it's very sneaky and subtle. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would say watch it if you've got time. Um, this actually probably be one of those ones I would say don't look at the cover mm. and just throw it on, yeah, and then, then look the- at the cover. Because um, yeah, the cover is very deceptive. Like the Neon Dead, I just kind of wonder, thinking back, we hadn't really ever talked about that, but I wonder if my opinion of that movie would have changed without trying to speculate on the cover. Do we ruin these movies by doing this show a little bit in our heads? I mean, that's Wow, that's, happened- a, that's a downer of a way to end a podcast. <laughs> Do we make I- things worse? More Let's- 11. Okay, but here's the deal. Like, would we have ever picked these movies? No. If they didn't have cool covers. No, if this would have done that Netflix thing where it just plays, starts playing the trailer, I would never have watched this. Exactly. So there would have been nothing that would have engaged me. Though I am curious, what kind of trailer would you cut for this movie? Like, I, I mean, I, you have to just cut like, yeah, I mean, it would have been almost Lynchian. Exactly. Isn't that yeah. what I said at the beginning? Yes, but we can't let the audience in on the fact that we just went 30 minutes to arrive at it's David Lynch. <laughs> want to be david lynch (laughs) yeah but winch you know here's the deal uh we called out at the beginning that there are several duplicate names in the production side of of this movie uh sometimes we've ended up with good situations uh sometimes you end up with bad situations (laughs) i would say that this is kind of in the middle um, Definitely. If you have it on streaming services and you're bored and it's free, go for it. Yeah. Uh, this was on Amazon Prime Video, which, sorry, Daddy Bezos. <laughs> mean things. To cancel my Prime account, uh, it's fight on site, LOL. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Okay. Like he cares. He's like, oh, I get your ninety dollars a year. I don't give a crap what you think about me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go launch another dick rocket into space. Um, get some hmm. random person. I'm not it. mad at the current state of America. All right, continue. <laughs> uh, Kevin, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me at Kevin underscore Egg. That's at C A V I N underscore E G G on everything from Twitter to TikTok. Uh, you can follow me on uh, my website, CavanEggleston.com, as well as just Kevin Eggleston's page on Facebook. Bree, where can we see you? So you can find us on By Its Cover Pod, at By Its Cover Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I've also added a Linktree link in both of those bios that you can find um, our YouTube channel, which is By Its Cover Podcast. Uh, go ahead and like and subscribe to that so I can change our um, URL to be something I want instead of just a mess of numbers. Gee, thanks. <laughs> Um, and, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks you folks. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.